Oh, it was brilliant, mate. You know, it, there was a bit of hype around it, wasn't there? Tyson Fury having conquered America and, and you know, and that trilogy over Wilder and then coming back and being triumphant on home, home soil. It, there was hype, but it just delivered, as it generally does with Tyson Fury these days. Um, you know, there was the razzmatazz on the way to the ring and then and then the action itself inside the ring was... Uh, it was a completely dominant performance by Tyson Fury, who... Admitted afterwards um, that right uppercut that he that he uh, struck White with was probably the best punch he's thrown as a professional. Um, so he's got it all really in terms of boxing talent, charisma, personality, all the rest of it. But now he says he's calling it quits, which is an intriguing state of affairs. Well, they're boxing though. They're always talking about retiring. They're always coming back from time and you can't really believe too much of that because you look at the future, the potential and, uh, of, of Usyk taking on Anthony Joshua. Joshua wins that fight, unifying all these belts against an Englishman at home and then retiring. Surely that's too much for any boxer to turn, turn down or turn away from. I think that's the assumption that everyone's making. He, he, Tyson Fury said he's got nothing else to prove. He's got all the money he needs. He's got um, the legacy. He doesn't worry about that. Um, but, you know, he hasn't unified the division and he hasn't fought uh, his fellow Brit, Anthony Joshua. And that would be a mega fight if, if Joshua somehow beats Usyk in that rematch. And that's going to happen this year sometime, uh, probably in the Middle East, I think. Um, if, if Fury fights AJ... Uh, that would be the biggest fight in British boxing history. Um, it'll be incredible. And, you know, obviously, Fury, he, he has the WBC title. Um, if Joshua won that rematch, he'd get the other three major heavyweight belts. Uh, and for, for Fury to be able then to retire as the um, undefeated, undisputed reigning heavyweight champion would be an incredible legacy to leave. You're Anthony Joshua, and you've got enough on your plate dealing with Usyk as he is. He's such a little weapon. But, but let's just pretend, for argument's sakes, we look toward this big fight that, that AJ comes face-to-face with Tyson Fury. How on earth does AJ beat that guy? Is there any area you think, well, that, that muscular man might have it over the gypsy kin? Who, he's a freak show. Fury is a freak show. Um, he is, mate, and and you can just like he looks like a cartoon character, doesn't he? With that massive long reach, I think he's got a two point one six meter reach, and he's he stands two point zero six centimeters, sorry, meters tall. So he's one giant man uh, and a very hard man to get close enough to hit. But Joshua is a hard hitting heavyweight. He he carries power on both of his hands. If he does connect, Fury will probably go down. You know, Fury has got a reasonably good chin, but he's gone down onto the canvas before. We've seen it against Wilder. We've seen it before against uh, pretty much a pumped-up cruiserweight called Steve Cunningham um, on his way up. Uh, he fell to the floor, uh, Fury did, before winning that fight. So he he's not unbeatable, but he's very hard to beat, if that makes sense. He's so awkward. He's you know He's got such good footwork and agility and hand speed now but also punching power, which he's developed with trainer Sugar Hill. Um, he's a genuine hard-hitting heavyweight these days. So it, it would uh, it'd be a very tall order for Joshua, but um, potentially he's, he could do it, I think. Let's talk about bridging the gap. When a guy like Dillian White to try and get in close, he's, he's being outreached, I think, by seven inches in there. And you add to that the fact he tends to fight a lot on the back foot, if you will. He sways back particularly well, yeah. does Tyson Fury. So it makes him very hard to chop down. In fact, there was a point in that yeah. fight, Patrick, I think it was the end of the third, 
where Dillian White's corner said, you've got to try some short shots. He simply right. can't see them. And what happened? Well, he didn't see the short shot that Tyson <laughs> delivered him. There was kind of a justice in that. Look, uh, with Tyson as well, he, he knows the boxing game so well in terms of the strategy, and he can fight well, He can fight very different ways. We saw him fight different ways against uh, Deontay Wilder. In the last two fights, he was very aggressive, and he just bullied Wilder, and, and that... And that you know, it was an incredible, uh, incredibly dominant performance in both of those fights. But with uh, with the White fight recently, he, he did fight off the bat foot. He allowed White to take the centre of the ring and and, um, and own that space. Uh, he was quite comfortable um, just using his long reach. But then he he, he always had that uppercut uh, in mind, I think, and that was that was the first time he threw that in that fight, uh, and it connected flush, and we saw what happened. Um, you know, White was. He, he was completely knocked senseless, uh, and, and it was good of the referee to call it uh, as he did. He had no choice, obviously. Yeah, well, White, White was saying he's like been that. White's been complaining now that he got pushed over and he had got time to collect yeah. himself after that illegal move. It would have been a different story. I mean, they're always going to say that, aren't they? But uh, <laughs> he, he didn't have a hope in Hades of getting up after that. He could have pushed him over with a dump truck. Wouldn't have made any well, difference. Look, correct. And look, I remember when Joseph Parker fought uh, Dillian White in London. Uh, 2018, and and White clearly put him down during the middle of the fight with a headbutt. Uh, it was accidental, and yet when it was brought up in the press conference, he, he pretty much said we shouldn't be moaning about that sort of thing because it was boxing. So for him to turn around and say uh, pushing's not allowed in a heavyweight fight is a bit rich. But to be fair, I, I think if he didn't go down, if he just he, if he stood there stunned, um, the, the damage done to him by Tyson following up could have been even more serious, I think. So I think he's very lucky that he actually did uh, get pushed and hit the canvas. Yeah, and at the end of that sixth, that's when the dominance came through because in that fifth round, that second half of that fifth round, he picked up the pace something rotten. He really started throwing and he started connecting. He started looking like the dominant fighter. Even, I'd say, uh, even uh, winning every round right the way through, he started to really roll, didn't he? Well, that, that's it, and he, he completely controlled the tempo, Tyson. Um, interesting that White started off as a southpaw yeah. um, to, to make things a little bit different, which, you know, odd too, because he looked so awkward in doing it. It was as though he hadn't actually trained that way, and then for him to, to fight um, orthodox for the rest of the fight was quite weird. But, look, Tyson was in control the, the entire time. He controlled the tempo. He pretty much controlled the finish as well, and it was interesting because Joseph Parker in some analysis beforehand talking about the uppercut as a, as a serious weapon against White, who was susceptible to that punch, uh, as we've seen in the past. But also, uh, Joseph predicted a round six knockout for his mate. So, um, obviously, Joe is a, <laughs> is a great student of the game as well as a pretty good fighter himself.